you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Welcome to the Speak the Language podcast. This week we have Corey Overtime Anderson. Man, uh, one, I, like, I'm a big UFC fan, um, and when I, I've had some other UFC guys on the show, and I always, the, the, my guys that work with me here at Primo's, they always tell me, they're like, man, you can't just ask the guy about fighting stuff. You got to talk about some hunting stuff, too, because they know how much I like, you know, watching UFC. But I got to say, man, like, before even, like, the whole, like, how that, Glover fight that you just won. That was like on two weeks' notice, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I always stay in the gym. I stay in the gym to get ready, so I never have to get ready. When I heard that little Chiefy was hurt, I was already trying to jump on that card to fight Shogun. Shogun said no. The next day, Alir got hurt. They offered me to fight. Or I actually put my name out there before they offered it to me. And they offered it to me, and I was like, of course I'll take it. I already said I'll fight him. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Just roll up in there and take out someone that the big name was Glover. That's man, that was I was watching that fight. I was cheering you on big time. That was that's incredible. I've uh, yeah, ever since I, yeah, man, absolutely. Like you know, I've watched you anyway, and you know, like I said, UFC fan aside from all the you know the my work and stuff. But then when I you know started following you on Instagram and saw that you were into hunting, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. We need to get this guy on the podcast. So. um just diving straight into it, I'd I'd love to hear how you got started hunting in the first place. I mean, I've been hunting since I was a kid. You know, I'm not from, I train in New Jersey, and I'm here mostly, but I'm not from New Jersey. I'm from Illinois. I'm a Midwest boy. I got you. With a farm, have horses, cows, goats, dogs, chickens, everything. So, you know, growing up, hunting and fishing was like our weekend activity. That was our, yeah. our free time. We weren't working for our father. We was walking the train tracks hunting rabbit or on the boat fishing that's and awesome so you know i got my hunter safety car when i was like eight and i think i got he gave me a 14 the next day and i've been shooting ever since and uh growing into what like 12 12 years old 13 one of my dad's buddies got into archery yeah and my dad got into it and uh yeah, we went to this bow shop with a 3D range with targets popped up, and I was I was more fascinated by the fact how the targets popped up and dropped down on a timer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the guy let me shoot, and I enjoyed it. So my dad got me my first compound bow. I can't remember if I was 12 or 13. The old Browning. Yeah, so four yeah. Four pullback Browning, and uh, I shot after that. I've just been shooting ever since. But I really got into the bow hunting aspect within the last couple of years you know i've always hunted but i've got serious about it to the point where all i do is shoot now yeah yeah that's i was like every time i feel like i get on instagram i scroll through there's you're on you're out there shooting your bow seems like yeah i enjoy it's like my my calm outside the gym you know if i'm not in the gym and i'm not doing anything usually your mind is running running ragged with a lot of thoughts and practice so if you got a fight coming up you you're beating yourself up a lot about things, but since I started shooting my bow a lot, it helps keeps me calm. Like some people enjoy chess, they enjoy doing Sudoku and crossword puzzles, things like that to challenge your mind. Yeah. And for me, that's archery. You know, focusing my eye in on that one pin on the one target, keeping my body still, 
trying to group all four or five arrows in one spot, you know, things like that is what I challenge myself to keep my brain occupied. Yeah. I understand, man. That's, I mean, I don't have to balance it out with a fighting career, but I, you know, I mean, I definitely understand what you mean too. Is archery just a good place to clear your mind, give you something else to focus on? I understand that for sure. Um, so we like, I always like asking this question. So when you got into bow hunting, you got it like the first time that you were able to actually, you know, take it from shooting the bow to the first time you actually tried to hunt something. What was, what was that experience like for you? Uh, my first time. Going hunting with the bull was a, it was actually a funny experience, you know. Um, <laughs> I did not have, never had a really expensive climber. My dad had like this climber, his buddy gave him, and it was it was weird. You got to know how to use it. And my buddies all in high school, they was all hunting, and they invited me out. So I took, I went out with them, and you see everybody shooting up the tree on their climbers. And I, like I said, it's my first time, so I never really asked my dad how to do it. So. <laughs> Long story short, I ended up getting stuck probably like three, four feet off the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah. my buddies came out the woods and like, yo, what, what the hell happened? And I, I just never figured out how to climb. <laughs> so I just sat right there hovering the ground, feet pretty much kicking leaves. Didn't see anything, as you can probably understand. I didn't know anything. I was being quiet. Yeah. I didn't do anything. So yeah. the first time was definitely a bust. No action for course. Yeah. I think, man, that's kind of like a rite of passage, I think. Maybe not necessarily, you know, everyone has a different route, but I don't think you hear too many people that their first time out bow hunting just goes as like just slam dunk hunt. Usually something goes comically wrong, you know, or, or it just, that just seems to be how it happens. Like you got to go through those struggles and mishaps where you actually connect with something. But I, yeah, I can remember that too when I was trying to figure out climber stands. I had some pretty funny episodes myself. Like I said, I think that's just part of it so when you after you know get through all that like when like so you finally when did you finally get a chance to connect with something with a bow did that come pretty quick or did you have to no, i actually didn't get my first actual confirmed kill like i had shot some growing up yeah like i didn't hunt as much as i wanted to because i was a wrestler and a football player so wrestling season went right through hunting season so it was very few times when my city i was from was like one of the best wrestling schools in the state so we wrestled like six, seven days a week, and we barely had any time at home, like Christmas break, stuff like that. Coach had us in the gym. So if I did get out there, you know, I didn't see much, but one or two times I did shoot. Like I wasn't as accurate with my bow because I wasn't practicing that much. So I was wounding deer a lot. I was yeah. tracking, tracking, tracking for miles and lose them and never actually found them. But uh, when I got my first one, I think it was like by the time I was in college like i didn't hunt the first time so i was like 16 yeah i had a license so i drove to meet the guys right but uh i think i was like 17 or 18 in college was i in college after college i can't remember no i didn't hunt at all during college Excuse it was after college i got my first one a 10 pointer huge buck came running through the woods and stopped literally right in front of me like at 10 yards so there's no way i could miss there was no way i could make noise like i knew i had to just be still and be patient when I got it. Like they say, that adrenaline, your heart racing. Yeah. I remember calling my father in the street saying, like, that. I finally got one. I think I finally got one. <laughs> he told me, like, get your flashlight, hop down, go to where the last spot you remember you shot him or saw him, and start tracking blood. You got to hurry up because it's getting dark fast. Son. I remember I jumped down and I started panicking because it got super dark. And I pulled out my blood light, and, like, it's, it goes into, like, a big wood thicket spot. And I thought I was going to lose him for sure. I couldn't track the blood because it was so thick. I couldn't see. 
to the other side. I just ended up running through the other side of the trees, and sure enough, he died right on the other, right on the edge of the tree line in a bean, in a bean field. And then after that, I was after I finally got one and saw it and ate it. I've been constantly hooked hunting every year. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's funny to me, man. It, if you think about it, because like like I said, I think everyone's bow hunting experience is kind of like that. They have to go through struggles where they finally connect. But when you finally connect on that first one, like I'm the and the first deer that I shot with a bow was a was a doe. But I can tell you, I could I could replay that hunt in my head right now because I just remember so many mishaps and things going wrong until like the same thing with you until when it finally happened. It was just like, I was like, it's just this big sense of relief, just like a big adrenaline dump, like, oh, my goodness, I finally did it, you know? It's incredible. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, now i got friends and teammates in Jersey that I'm teaching how to shoot the bow. I take them to the bow shop, get them all set up, and they don't get into it that much. I'm trying to get them to come to the range with me, get their hunter safety cars. I can take them hunting. And it's just like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. I keep telling, like, bro, I promise, once you kill one, once I get you right there and you kill one, you're going to be in that tree stand every day of the hunting season. <laughs> Last year, my wife, I drove my wife crazy. Every morning at <laughs> 4.30, every afternoon at 2. I was out the house, but I was falling asleep early, and all I did was talk hunting. I'd be in the yard shooting my bow and targeting free time, in the house, putting things on my bow, putting <laughs> film on YouTube. Yeah. And Drove her crazy. She couldn't wait for Wednesdays to be over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how how often? This uh, this is always a fun question. Like so, I mean, I can imagine between you know the UFC, the fighting schedule, the gym, and all that stuff. Like like how like how do you balance that? And how much are you able to get out and go hunting? Does it keep does it does the UFC stuff keep you away from it? Sometimes Are you still able to go a pretty good bit. No, last year I fought. What, October, I think? Yeah, October, November, no. I didn't start hunting until late season because I miss early season. Yeah. I'm the type of person when I focus on one thing, like if I'm doing one thing, I'm going to focus my all into it. Right. So this year when hunting season started, I got a fight. So I was focused solely on that fight yeah. against Quinn St. Proof, and that was it. But once season was up, when that fight was over and the uh, late season started, I was in the stand every day. But, you know, I still train. Even though I was in the stand every day, I trained every day. Like, I scheduled it to a point where I would go out early. And I got a tree stand about, like, 845, 850. By the time I get to the truck, I would have my gear in the truck so I can shoot straight to the gym. Yeah. Change up camo in the locker room, put my training clothes on, get out of there, come home, catch a quick nap, and yeah. then do it again. Get up, go to the tree stand, and then get out of the tree stand and go right back to the gym at night, making sure I would get at least two training sessions a day. Man, when that hunting bug bit you, it bit you bad. <laughs> yeah, you're ate up with it, sounds like. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's good, though, man. That's awesome. Uh, so how, like, I always, because I was talking to, uh, who was it? I was talking to Chad Mendez, and he was he was saying one of the things that he does, other than, I mean, because he enjoys hunting, too, but he said, uh, he works like the the stuff that he the animals that he kills like he eats that when he's you know on his diets and in training camps because it's such good such a good you know clean source of protein and all that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I got two freezers in the basement full of game, and I tell my wife all the time when she get a bunch of groceries, and she put them down. I'm like, don't don't put your your other meats down there with my meat. That's that's the game freezer. You know, we got the big freezer upstairs. 
use that. You know, cause I don't want to get it mixed up. I go out there. That's I can go in there and count, open it up, and see how much meat I got. Definitely during hunting season. Do I need to get one or two more does or bucks this year, or whatever? <laughs> Last year to the next hunting season, you know. So, and now I'm doing black bear hunts and hog hunts. So right now I got all kinds of meat to last me. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Well, that's how like me the other day. I went to the freezer because I was getting some uh, some elk burger out, and I was like, "Oh man, my freezer's starting to empty out." And I was like, "Good thing the fall's coming along because I'm about to run out of meat. I need I got to start restocking." It's not, it's not a fun place to be at. It's uh, a scary sight when you see that meat missing. <laughs> it's like a heart attack instantly. Like, oh yeah. no. That's what, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's what we eat majority of the time, you know. And then, but uh, like I said, fall's just around the corner, so it, it's it's you know, hopefully we'll. I can ration it out long enough that we make it last until it comes back around. Uh, I saw the other day you, um, what did you ki- you killed a uh, a black buck, didn't you? Hello. Hey, did I lose you? My phone cute. I just turned my car on and my Bluetooth kicked in. Oh, uh, it's all good. No, 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 no problem, no problem. I was just asked the question again. I can cut that part out. Um, what was your question again? Yeah, I, I got on uh, Instagram the other day and I saw where you shot a um, a black buck. Is that didn't you do that pretty recently? Yeah, that was Monday or Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. Yeah, in Texas. Texas. What were you doing down in Texas? Um, every once in a while, like when I get down with a fight, usually I work with this group called Hill Sports. They work with wounded veterans, you know, veterans that got PTSD stuff like that, just right. to get them out. Get them out of the house into something new. So they do like softball, basketball, football, hunts, fishing trips. You know, I've been working with Hero Sports since their very first event, like three, four years ago. So now we got we got a good relationship, me and the founder. Where I go down there and stay at his house, visit him and his family, and he does a hunt for these veterans. And I go out there with the veterans. I get in the blind with a different veteran every day. You know, and we sit around the house or the, the hunting lodge and just talk and rap. I get to learn about them. They learn about me. Then yeah. we go out and hunt. So it's a great thing. Yeah. Not just, or just to go out there and hunt, but I like enjoy sitting there talking to these other veterans. Yeah. See, I go down there like two yeah. or three times a year. And then after this time, he's just to show thanks for me coming out all the time. He took him to his guy's ranch. We had a bunch of black buck running around. Right. We said we want to kill one so I can get me my first exotic deer. Yeah. Oh, man. See, I ask. I'm, I'm glad I, I asked you that just because I was going to ask you about you know just shooting the black buck, but uh, I didn't know you were working with a, a you know a veterans program like that. It's it's interesting because um, before this this podcast, I talked to um, uh, Omar Crispy Avila. I'm not sure if you know who that is, uh, but Omar um, really like super guy. He he was a veteran who was wounded as well, and he does a lot of work with. Um, other veterans and and people who are burn victims and stuff like that and he talked about that too he said one of the things that those guys the you know the veterans that one of the things that they struggle with is um just you know when they get wounded or whatever it's just like the struggle to want to you know having to get up and get out and just needing to get out of the house and do something and just the kind of struggles that those guys go through so it's and it's incredible that you work with a with a organization like that. I didn't know you did that, but that's that's awesome. I'm gonna appreciate you doing that. Yeah, I've been doing it for three years. I got I do that back home. A guy who actually gave me my first MMA fight in his organization. He does a thing, a peacekeeper ride. Well, like where 
We ride motorcycles around the state of Illinois, going southern, central, northern, whatever, going to different families' homes or area who lost a brother or a father or a mother in a line of duty or in the military or whatever. Yeah. And we ride motorcycles up to their town and just hear all the motorcycles come revving up. Yeah. And then they come out and we present them with an American flag like to represent their fallen one. And then we donate them a check and then we raise money and we have a barbecue right there at the local like bar or whatever, pull out the grill. Right. Then we load up the bike again and we do it again. Get to the next city. Yeah. You know, I love giving back to veterans. And I said it before to them. Like, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And there's no way in the world I would be able to do what you guys do. Just the one day I was out there, it was like 100 degrees. And you got all these veterans in full uniform sweating like hot. And I told them, like, that alone, I'm not even man enough to do that. I couldn't stand here in this uniform the way you guys do. And I'm ready to take my shirt off now. Yeah, like that right there shows me that you guys are better men than me, and I thank you guys for everything. Yeah, you do. they're special, special people. They're special people, and that yeah, and I, I really like. I'm I'm glad that we brought that up because I, I really I didn't know that you did that. I respect you for doing that because yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's an awesome thing. Um, yeah, and I'm glad too, so we can use this the, just on the podcast to just bring a little bit of awareness to that organization that you work for. That's cool stuff, man. Yeah, um, that'd be awesome. And it just goes to show. Uh, do they have a? Uh, they have an Instagram or a Facebook or anything like that. Yeah, we got an Instagram and a Facebook. It's Hero Sports. Cool. That's what it's called. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is when when this podcast goes up, like I'll, I'll um, we I'll hit you up again, and I can get you to send me that stuff, and I can link them. You know, link those people to their sites when we post this podcast. So, because definitely yeah. I, any organizations like those, I want to give them all the help we can get because we're definitely. Definitely in support of of all that kind of stuff, and that just but that just goes to show you, man. Just um, that goes because I'm sure uh, everyone that has that has you know limelight like like you have, I'm sure you get some some negative uh, negative comments sometimes about your hunting. Sometimes I would guess. Sometimes I get negative comments every day. <laughs> I get people that, like know me personally, who's they family that know me or they wives that know me. It's like all of a sudden they see I'm a hunter and all of a sudden they went from I'm one of the nicest people they ever met to I'm a savage. They uh, hate me. They yeah. care me. They don't want to see me. Yeah. But I just tell them, like, this is, I don't do it just to go. I've never killed anything that I won't eat or killed it for a reason. Right. You know, a coyote to help, like, a farmer or the ranch get them off the farm because they was killing the they does or killing their horses or whatever. Yeah, killing their calves you know? sometimes, yep. Yeah. yeah, everything. Everything else I shoot, I eat. I yeah. went black bear hunting with my father in Vancouver Island. You know, and everybody, oh, we don't like eating black bear, but you can eat it. I was like, well, if I'm killing it, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. I will not kill anything I can't eat unless it's uneatable. Yeah. And it's just a predator. Yeah. So. I understand. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that's, you know, but just saying, you know, bringing attention to the, the good stuff like you. I mean, like, think about the, you know, the, we're able to use, you know, y'all's organization is able to use hunting to help those veterans out not just because of getting them outdoors but also because of the i mean the, the camaraderie that that hunting brings about i mean some of the best and i'm sure you can relate some of the best friendships i have i've have come through hunting that's just one of the things that hunting does it brings friendship and brotherhood about people i think a hundred percent like my one of my best friends now and teammate him and his like i knew my best friend for a minute and i'm getting him in hunting now but I knew his brother, but I never was close to his brother, never talked to his brother, really. 
Well, last year, his brother got into hunting, and he hit me up, and we went out together, and we talk literally every day. We shoot three times a week together. He sends me hunting links. I send him stuff, things he can purchase, things to try out. Like, we are now like brothers from hunting. <laughs> and I have been here three years prior, and we never talked before. Yeah. So I was, and he wanted to come out with me, and now look how close we are. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? That's, I mean, that's just, I've, I've heard stories and seen stories like that so many times because that's just that's how hunting is. I've seen it too many times. Uh, I mean, that's just friendship, period. Friendship comes from that one thing you have in common. You yeah. know, if you don't have it in common with somebody, you usually don't talk to them. Yeah. But once you you got that one thing in common and you build off that and you talk about it and you do it together, then when you're out there in the woods together or in the truck together, you bring something else up. And it's like, like he's a veteran as well. That's the thing. When I met him, and we hunted, he was met a bunch of veterans out there, and now they all talk. You know, they plan yeah. hunting trips together. Things like that is what is pretty cool. I love the sport of hunting and just bringing different people together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. Uh, well, look, man. Look, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. This has been a fun conversation, and uh, like I said, I know you're busy, so I won't I won't hold you anymore. And I thank you just for one for cutting this little time out of your day to hang out and talk hunting for a little while but um yeah man again thanks for coming on the show and congratulations on on your latest fight that was an awesome fight it was fun to watch thank you for having me on the show and thank you for the congratulations yeah man awesome awesome well thanks guys for listening hope y'all enjoyed this conversation as always if you have any questions send them in to the instagram or facebook or email and as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast